Brian is back. I'm back. He's here. I'm it's, no longer in Arkansas. You ever feel like a uh, you know you like yeah uh, when you're building a puzzle and uh, you realize that you're missing a piece? Yeah, that's what I felt like all weekend. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheesy. I kind of I, I mean it. You know, it's always I felt, a, I felt like uh, when you're ba- building a Lego set and you can't find the piece, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I just stepped on it and found you. <laughs> I don't think that has that's the same the most, meaning. That's the most romantic thing anyone's I, ever I, said I to think, me. I think I, I, I intended that for it to be a certain way, and I think it came out the wrong way. No, it came out perfect. Okay, it did. My my heart was filled with joy. I felt all warm all over. It's just like when I hit puberty. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how you know something I've said is awkward. Is Brent? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I think it was the last podcast where I said something along the lines of the look that you give me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were definitely said, describing that. Yeah. When I uh, said something that may or may not be it's yeah, you know, it's walking the fine line of PC culture. Yeah. So Yeah. How, so how was your trip, Brian? Uh it was good. It was good. So I, I was on a little business trip. <clears throat> and it was like one of those times where you realize, like, you're a grown-up now. Like, I was on yeah. a business trip. Like, yeah. company flew me out. I had to go to a place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was there for, I don't know, like, maybe 60 hours. Like, it was just crazy. Yeah. Real, uh, a little whirlwind. Got to train some people on some stuff and, and move along. But, like, you know, get nice hotel, you know, eat some food, go to work, come home, eat some food. Or not come home, but co- go back to the hotel, eat yeah. some food, you know, watch old TV, go to sleep, do it again the next day. And, you know, there's no hotel that day, too. You just leave work and go right to the airplane. It was just weird. I've yeah. never done that. Are so. you the type of person um, that before you board an airplane, do you sit at the, the airport bar? No, I sit at my seat or the like area right before you're uh, boarding. boarding. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think no, that's what I thought, but I thought I'd ask. Yeah, I um, I I I guess I would sit at a bar, you know, just have a little cocktail and relax. But I am extremely punctual for things. Agreed. So like, I in like something like that where like if you're late, you're just kind of like, well, now I gotta like go take another plane or whatever. Like, no, I'm there. So my plane departed. Mm-hmm. From Arkansas, five thirty. Was oh, that how it's pronounced? What I thought it was Arkansas. Yeah, um, it departed five thirty on Tuesday night, and I was at the airport by four through like through TSA and everything mm-hmm. by like four fifteen, and I was just sitting there right next to the boarding area, yeah, like just sitting there waiting for like an hour and fifteen minutes. I, I would have to say I'm I, I'm not the same way. I do go to the 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 bar in the airport. It is oh, you okay there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I I'm I'm always there super early, but I I treat getting to the airport like I get to work. Like if I'm scheduled at three, yeah, probably the latest I'm there is two. Yeah. Um, just because I try to get other stuff done before I actually clock in. Mm. Um, but I'm the same, I'm the same way with the airport. So if, like you know they say get there two hours early. 
I'm probably there like three hours early. That way I know I have time yeah. to like go in, maybe have a little bite to eat. Like when I travel, I'm all, I want, I want food and I want drinks. You know, I, I mean? agree. Like, and I want to see all the sites, obviously, but like, I, I, I like to delve right into vacation mode because I don't get it very often. Yeah. Um, but when I used to get fly around, I, w- I was the same way. Um, but I, yeah, I was always at the airport way earlier than I needed to be. And I was always sitting at my gate saying, why am I sitting here so early? <laughs> but it never stopped me. Um, but speaking of punctuality and mm-hmm. being on time, I was, uh, scrolling through, um, my bank account the other day. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, probably it's like one of my pastimes, one of my hobbies is just like seeing where I'm spending my money, where I can save money, how much I've saved. Sure. Like I, I, I like to look at my bank account and I noticed something and, uh, that was that uh, the government hasn't been very punctual is what I originally thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I was like, wow, I haven't gotten my child tax care credit in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, I remembered as I pondered, they're not doing it anymore. Right. And there's no talk of it right now. Right. Very little anyways. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, um, well, fuck the government for being so, uh, you know, not on time. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, then I got to thinking, well, what's the effect of that? Um, because, I, I mean, that was like really a slam dunk home run kind of, a you know, a bill. Mm-hmm. Um, people are struggling to feed their families. People are struggling to set some money aside. I, I want to say it's something along the lines of like, it's like 75% of the population in the U S cannot afford a bill like an unknown or like a, uh, you know, something that comes up out of nowhere, that kind of bill, any sort yeah. of like my, my tires went flat. I popped a the pipe tire, burst. A tire, but yeah. yeah. People can't cover anything over $400 of like an unknown occurrence. You know what I mean? Or a surprise occurrence. <clears throat> so I thought, well, wow, like, I know that it was really helping a lot of people, you know, feed their families, make sure they were getting, making better food options. Some people were even able to stack away a little bit more money every month. Um, and something that really occurred to me as well is that, um, this helped people work more, the tax care credit, because in some cases that tax care credit could help pay for some sort of childcare. Yeah. And so people were able to put in more hours, whether it was through a babysitter or a nanny or, or some sort of like uh, child care services. Um, and so I, I, I did a little digging. and uh, I like when you dig. Yeah, yeah. I don't do a whole lot of digging into like dirt. Uh, not since I was a child. Um, <laughs> but I do, I, I do like to dig into uh, information. Okay. And so I found some very interesting numbers, Brian. So since the child child tax care credit has gone away, it's been a little over five months, mm-hmm. six months since the last payment. Um, 65% of all people, and I'm not just going to read all statistics. We're going to kind of delve into this, but I want to start with some kind of eye-opening numbers. Yeah. 65% of people were surveyed. This is a CNBC survey. Um, had to change the type of foods they bought, including like fr- fewer fruits and vegetables. <coughs> And had to go with less expensive options and, in most cases, less healthy options. Yeah. 64% of people changed the brands that they brought. So instead of maybe being able to do organic, you're doing, you're doing, you know, what we'd refer to in the liquor room as bottom shelf. Or, you know, like instead of craft, it's signature kitchen or, or whatever. Or Annie's. Yeah. Yeah. You signature kitchen yeah. organic. Right. 
It's the off-brand. Um, another statistic, 45% of people, and this made me think of Jason, um, have had to, 45% more people have had to use food banks. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this. We talked about this in the last episode. We've talked about this probably uh, to nauseum. Um, that this is going to hit hard because food banks are going to start becoming um, not more scarce, but the food that they have is going to be more yeah, scarce. It's going to be harder to come by. And again, you're going to be dealing with options that maybe aren't as healthy. Another one, this kind of like hit home for me, 45% of parents surveyed had to skip meals so that they could feed their children. And so, and you know, this is a little bit, this is a smaller number, but 9% of families had to skip meals entirely for the entire family. Yeah. So instead of getting your three square meals a day, maybe you're getting two, perhaps you're getting one. All that being said, and I'll have some more numbers later, but all that being said, it really, it, it, it broke my heart. And this is coming from the, um, the more frugal, I would say, well, I mean, you're a frugal individual, but not as far as like government. At the macro level, not at all. Yeah. 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 It really broke my heart. Yeah. Um, being a father, you know, my number one priority is to take care of my children and take care of my family. Um, and you know, I've been lucky enough, knock on wood, you know, where I have seen a decrease in the, in the amount of money people are spending at restaurants. If you haven't started <clears throat> listening to our last episode about restaurants, you should. Um, but I've still been able to, to keep afloat. You know, no, I, I save a lot more money, especially more than people in my industry um, on, on whole, I would say. But, you know, I was just thinking about that. What if I couldn't like put food on the table for my family? What yeah. if I couldn't, um, you know what I mean? There's people probably <clears throat> missing mortgages. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a terrible thing to me. And it seems so silly that we live in what's meant to be the greatest country on earth and definitely one of the highest grossing countries. You know what I mean? I think, sure. I think we have the highest um, GDP. GDP for sure. Oh, far and away. I mean, California alone has the fifth largest GDP in, in the world, and it's just a state. Right. Um and there's no talk of bringing this 600, you know, well, this tax credit back, whatever it what it could have been. It was, you know, I think it was really anywhere from what, 300 to like 600. It was, right? uh, yeah, 250 to $300 per child. Yeah. And so, you know, the reason it fell off was really because, you know, it was twofold. Number one, uh, the Democrats couldn't get Joe Manchin in line. And number two, Republicans were being assholes, uh, you know, for the middle and lower class of America. Uh, they unanimously agreed that they wouldn't approve it, uh, either standalone or as the Build Back Better plan. And uh, Joe Manchin said he had hesitations due to its cost. And, you know, it's funny coming from a senator from West Virginia, which is... <clears throat> If not the poorest state in America, it's probably in the bottom five of the poorest states in America. And he's worried about, you know, the majority of his people getting more money. It just makes no sense. You know, those types of things come to a cost, you know, that that federal spending you know, is dispersed amongst all the states, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're collecting federal taxes from all these different states. <clears throat> you know, individuals and their income tax, property tax, all, all of this piles in. Mm -hmm. And, 
you see states like California pouring in more than any other state, et cetera. And it's like West Virginia is contributing the least, but needs this the most, or, you know, is one of the states that needs it the most. And there's Joe Manchin, like blocking it again, acting like a Republican in, in Democrat clothing. And so it's put us in this position where, you know, around 4 million children are now back in poverty. And I want that to sink in. Like, whatever you feel about social safety nets is one thing. Like, you know, I have a, a conversation with my, my cousin and, you know, he's he's um, trends more conservative and, you know, he wants people to work for their earnings and stuff like that. And I think everyone does. But <clears throat> push come to shove. A child should never be impoverished. Period. And, ne- and nearly half the children in the United States are. Yeah. Or they're living close to the poverty line. They're living either at the poverty line or, like I said, 4 million are below the poverty line after this went away. And it's really that simple. Like, it, it's not a major spending bill. It's not anywhere near what we spend on the military budget, right? So, you know, we're, we're able to, you know, you brought this up where, you know, you and I both support our efforts in in aiding Ukraine, but we'll we'll sign a forty billion package, you know, no like it's nothing. Yeah, send it over, and 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 we should. But then, all of a sudden, Joe Manchin wants to check our our accounting uh, when it comes to ensuring that children are no longer in poverty, and that that it's sickening to say the least. Well, two things there too. Yeah. Um, first of which is I, I kind of I question I, I I'm, uh, you, we know this I'm in support of, of helping out the Ukraine but like for for how long because we're only about a hundred days into it correct yeah um and I mean there there's we've seen skirmishes like this before that take four years seven years are we gonna be just cranking out 40 billion dollar checks or 40 billion dollars worth of you know <coughs> equipment to support them? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm just saying that if we do want to do that, it, it's, it's exactly what you said. You hit the nail right on the head. If we're going to be doing that, well, we better be doing something about this as well. Yeah, and and you know another thing, <clears throat> another thing, we're fighting essentially a proxy war here at this point, right? Where we don't want to put troops on the ground. We don't want you know. American soldiers and Russian soldiers fighting. This is Ukraine's war, but we need them to hold this off. We need them to fight off Putin's forces, and they're doing a very good job. As you alluded to off air, and you'll probably get to, is like Russia is taking more desperate measures in their approach, you know, trying to go for the jugular the best they can because they're realizing they're getting pushed back and like. The longer this goes on, the more inspiring it becomes to the rest of the world. It's kind of solidified NATO a little bit better, all of that. But bringing it back, if we're going to be continuing to do this, how are we also taking care of our own and setting ourselves up for success in the future? Because the more impoverished children there are, the less likely they are to get a quality education. Because, you know... If we think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the first basic level, that foundational level is is survival and you need food to survive and, and clean water like a parent can make that decision to sacrifice their meal for a child. 
but there are children who are going without a meal. And now we're entering the summer months where there isn't the school to feed to, them. to feed them. So, you know, <clears throat> certainly all schools, <clears throat> pardon me, all schools in areas that are, you know, uh, maybe less affluent than others are, you know, carrying these uh, meal programs, usually both breakfast and lunch. So students can come in, you know, even not the most affluent areas like middle income areas or even high middle income areas. Uh, schools are providing, you know, free lunches and, and breakfasts in these areas to students in need. Well, all of a sudden, you know, summer goes on, you start to see a big difference. And this is when we're going to feel it the most or, you know, these these students in poverty is they're not going to have that outlet to go to school and at least receive the one or two meals a day that they were receiving consistently. And then, you know, with that inconsistency, oh, you know, mom or dad were able to get a couple extra hours. It afforded them a little more. So you're going to have meals all this week. And then the next week they don't, they lose some hours, whatever the case is. Those students, those young children are going to be left with that volatility and that, that lack of structure is going to pay, is going to make them pay a price long term. Because, you know, as we all know, young people need some sort of structure, some stability where they feel like they can start to stretch and grow and reach for higher, right? If we look at a scaffolding, if a scaffolding is secure, you're always able to take that next step up. But the moment that scaffolding starts to shake, you become insecure and you don't want to go any higher. It's the same thing with a child. If they don't feel secure, if they feel like their ground is shaking beneath them, they're not going to continue to reach. So if they feel food insecure, like, I don't know, just in general, they're going to they're gonna start to feel insecure about a lot of other things, and they're going to seek out stability in other ways. And that's how sometimes they get wrapped up in the wrong things. Well, not to mention, too, there's tons of studies that show that if you're malnourished, you know, during those, especially those important years, while your brain is developing, that there there can be issues. You know what I mean? Sometimes it doesn't, um, things don't wire the way that they're supposed to. You know what I mean? Um, or you can have issues later on. So, I mean, that's, that's super important as well uh, to be noted. But it just seems so silly to me that, you know, like we just said with the whole Ukraine thing, we can easily spend money doing, you know, sending off all these, all this, all these billions of dollars other places, and we're not focusing it where it needs to be focused. There should be no child that goes without any meal. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think sending out, you know, two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars per child <laughs> is asking all that much. Are you looking up a total cost on it by chance? Yeah, um, I see one that says it would cost about, according to Joel Berg, CEO of Hunger Free America. The cost of ending hunger in the U.S. would be about $25 billion. A year. Uh, it didn't say per year. Yeah. It just said $25 billion. But even if it's $25 billion a year. That's chump, <sighs> that's chump change. Yeah. I mean, where's the ultimate grifter? He always likes to make those kind of promises. <laughs> where's Elon? I mean, he did say he would give... <coughs> what was it? I think he... T was it UNICEF or some... It wasn't Amnesty International. It was some international organization. And he said, tell me how much it costs. And I think they said $10 billion. He's like, well, if you can, you know, lay out 
exactly how you'd spend that $10 billion, it's yours. And they did, and he never paid. So I wouldn't anticipate that, but maybe someone incredible like Jeff Bezos' ex-wife who actually gives money away. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jeff Bezos. No. Like, oh, here comes another joke. <laughs> no. Uh, his wife has done a lot of uh, philanthropic efforts, so I would love to see you know someone who has... She spends basically her entire alimony yeah. on um, charitable organizations. Yeah. Take that, Jeffy boy. So go keep going to the gym, getting ripped, and going out with some uh, some models. That's just beyond me, dude. This I I really sometimes uh, you know deep down in my conspiracy theory mind, I think the only reason that I haven't become a billionaire tech genius is because the government doesn't want me to be, or a billionaire bartender. They're like, ah, fuck it, that guy. I'll tell you what, if he comes up, he's gonna be giving his money to charity. We can't have that. I, I tell you what. It's really, it's not the government that doesn't want you to be. It's, it's the other billionaires. Yeah. They, you know, people, that's the problem with capitalism as a whole is so many people view it as a zero-sum game. There's winners and there's losers. And that's it. And if I need to win, that means, you know, I can't let you win and myself win at the same time. So by definition, I have to ensure you lose. And so that's the system. Like people want to talk about rigged elections and all oh, the system. The system is rigged against you. It always has been, but what are you doing about it? Yeah. And you know, for most of us, it's an uphill, it's a, it's an uphill run. It's a, it's an upstream swim. And some people are able to just swim a little bit harder or run a little bit longer. And so you have a little more success. Yeah. And then others don't. Some David Goggins type stuff. Right. And so, you know, the idea of this child, you know, this child care tax credit, it was essentially just tax dollars that weren't going to be paid. And at least not by, you know, the poorest people or whatever was coming to them earlier instead of, you know, getting a refund at the end. It was probably a little bit more that they were getting. But this lifted people up. It started to slowly but surely and very um, in a very small fashion decline, like create a decline in the wealth gap. And that should be something that excites Americans. We're lifting, we're raising the level of the water. Yeah doesn't matter the size of the ship when you raise the level of the water everyone everyone benefits whether you're a billionaire in a yacht or you're on your little rinky dink rowboat doesn't matter when the the water rises we all benefit because it was supposed to be included in the um build back better plan correct that was supposed to be extend the child tax care credit and to me it's so funny because like this would be a great move if biden you could even just get the Democrats to just try to pass the child tax care credit on its own. Don't attach any strings to it. You know, we've said this before about other bills. Just make it independent. You know what I mean? Show everybody who's voting for what down the line. Um, and then as voters, we can we can take a look at the, the decisions that we're making. Because we're so, as a country, we're so, um, we have real short-term memory when it comes to legislation and what's going on. we see it with like gun, uh, gun reform all the time. So, you know, obviously 
um, with what just went on in Uvalde, it's 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 back in in you know um, the spotlight again. So you see all these people starting to go through this legislation, you know, this legislation that they want to do. And actually, Bill Burr had a really good take on this. Mm. I don't know if you're a Bill Burr fan, big or not, fan, a huge fan. So he should. He said that we should. This. I'll just take a quick little offshoot here before, and I'll, I'll get back into the the, sh- the short sightedness that we have with politics. Um, he said that it's kind of exactly what you and I said. It should be like a pilot's license. Everybody starts off on a Cessna. You're driving a little plane. So if you want to go out and get a gun, <clears throat> you go take your first test. You sh- show that you're proficient. You take all these classes. There's you know um, psychological evaluations. And then if you want anything bigger, so like his equivalency was everybody gets a little <clears throat> a, a six-shooter. If you want to go up and up and up and up, well, you have to pass more and more tests. Hmm. It was actually, I thought it was pretty genius um, or pretty clever. Um, but anyways, you know, this all this legislation, people bring it up and then they don't touch it for a little while or they know it's not going to pass through the Senate, whatever, the, you know, the situation is. And then we just forget about it. And the next big thing happens. And then the next big thing happens. So like, I, and, and I'm obviously I'm guilty of this because I didn't think about the t- child tax care credit until, you know, I went through my bank account. Mm-hmm. And realized it wasn't there, but this is something like we should have been. You know, when they when they canceled this in November and we got our last payment in December, this is something that we should have been like, well, you know, WT fuck. <laughs> Why haven't we? You know, what's going on? Are they trying to push something else through? It's just it's something so beneficial. And we talked about UBI in the past, and when you had one, um, and I brought you that cranberry juice. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I never was like I was I was always kind of skeptical of it. Yeah. But seeing the way that the child tax credit worked, it just it really seems like a no-brainer. Why are we not helping each other out? Why are we not going out and going out of our way to petition for this? You know, really force legislation out of our representatives. Um it it just seems so silly to me, you know, and I think that part of the way that the you know, and I'm not, I'm not, this isn't like a conspiracy or theory style thing. Like I'm not saying that the government and the media are working together, but in some cases they're just, they're, <coughs> they're breezing right past it. They're not going back. There's nobody really saying anything about it. You know, they're just, they're relying on everybody just getting caught up on the next big thing. Well, I just think there's so much to be had. Like, and that's, and that's, and that's a great point as well. And, and, you know, th- there are people ranting and raving still, you I'm know, sure. a- AOC and burnt. Did you see Bernie and uh, Lindsey Graham are going to debate on June 13th? I'm very excited. What day of the week is that on? It's coming Monday. Up. Next Monday. Mm. Or this coming Monday. What time? Um, I don't know. That's okay. But yeah, Lindsey Graham and Bernie Sanders uh, decided that they were going to debate. And I am very excited about this. Can you text me a reminder <clears throat> when you not right not right this second, but I want to I want to make sure that I watch that. Maybe we can talk about it on the the podcast next time. Oh, we definitely will uh, next Wednesday. Okay. Um, if we if we meet Wednesday, I know you know no, stuff we'll has been coming up, but uh, yeah, that that's definitely going to be something I want to talk about. Just because I'll be interested for two things: what what points are brought up, like specifically, and I think they're they're supposedly going to face more you know discuss more about like actual policy okay rather than like 
you know, your party is supporting Trump and they suck or you guys yeah, are yeah, a bunch yeah. of radical Bernie, leftists. Yeah, yeah. And, the, I'm, I'm sure Lindsey Graham will say something along those lines. I don't see Bernie taking the low road. What do you mean? I don't see him trying to be like, oh, you're just, a, you know, bringing up Trump. constantly. <coughs> I'm sure Trump will come up. Yeah. But I don't think that he's going to. No, gonna he's going to want to focus on policy. Yeah. As Bernie always likes to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully this is him teeing up to maybe run in 2024. Dude, he's gonna he's gonna be old, man. I do know that, but he seems more with it than Biden does. Oh God, he seems more with it than almost anyone in, yeah. in the Senate right now. Yeah, it's probably the mittens. Keep, you know, you gotta keep warm. That's true, dude. Good blood flow. Yeah, but you know, there are people that are actively advocating for these things, and and we talked about it the other episode, and, and there are plenty of Democrats I don't like. But the Republicans are actively working to shut this shit down. Mm-hmm. Things like the child. This, this is no different. Absolutely no different than than the millions of dollars they were trying to allocate for uh, ensuring uh, formula got back on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> I don't understand how every single congressperson was not behind that or like the gas, the gas price gouging. Law. Like, it should have gone through, you know, <clears throat> with all yays. Right. And I could understand, like, Ted Cruz, who's from Texas and oil companies and blah, blah, blah. And, okay, he's beholden to his oil companies. But if you're not beholden to these oil, you know, lobbyists, like, what are you doing, Republican or Democrat? And if they're not giving you millions of dollars into your pack, like, if you're getting 100000 like, that's what's buying you? That's what's... That's what's keeping you from saving the soul of America is $100,000? Really? And I understand $100,000 is a, is a lot of money. But you're going to sell your soul for $100,000? Man, have a little more value for yourself. If I were a politician and, and an oil company was trying to buy me out, I would just make it like $50 Because then I could support all the children in the U.S. with the child tax yeah. credits for two years at least. There you and go. then when I go to get reelected, I just do it again. Right. Look I'd be I a did. very expensive bribe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they'd be like, what do you do with the money? I'd be like, campaigning in a way. <laughs> but you're campaigning against me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should have thought of that before. Yeah, this is a great deal. <laughs> I think I think that's another thing. You know, you you brought up Evaldi a little bit and like I, I did you get a chance to watch Matthew McConaughey? I did not. No, I have been keeping up with Uvalde and what's going on with the police force down there. And yeah. Just so off. Matthew McConaughey was from Uvalde. Really? Yeah. And so he went down and visited and did all that. Mm-hmm. And then he spoke at the White House at a press briefing. Uh, I think yesterday or the day before. I don't think he's that good of an actor. Because no one could have acted that well. It was so moving. It was so emotional. I think he's. I think he's a hell of a. He's a hell of an actor. But that was just pure emotion. And he's a very intelligent man too. Yeah. He he. The way he framed the discussion Mm -hmm. was not pro gun anti gun. It was. It was. Pro 
um, proper gun ownership and anti-proper gun ownership. Like, anyone can own a gun, but it's just got to be owned the right way. It's got to have respect and all that. And he talked about how he grew up with them. Like, he started off with a BB gun, moved to a 12-4 shotgun or something, and then... 12-gauge? <clears throat> he said 12-4 or 10-4 shotgun. I don't okay, know. Okay, okay. Maybe okay. it's a train. I don't know. And he slowly moved up the chain, but he's like, you know, I learned to respect a gun. I, it, it's a tool, especially if you live out in areas where you have to like hunt animals to mm-hmm. protect your livestock or whatever. But boy, when he started talking about the children, he got choked up and it, it, I, I highly suggest watching it, but I'll watch it tonight while I'm editing. I think framing this discussion differently is is the most crucial point of all. Whether it's whether it's guns, mm-hmm. whether it's the child tax care credit, whether it's social safety nets in general, whether it's price gouging on gas, inflation, all of these things. I think really what it comes down to is it's not about party. It's just about the process and the question at hand. Mm-hmm. It's about this issue. Where do you fall? On? Okay. You don't want children in poverty. Then you need to vote people who are going to who are going to make sure children eat. And it's not like, hey, like I said, fuck Joe Manchin. Like, I understand he's a Democrat. Vote him out. I don't care if a Republican takes over for him. What's the difference at this point? I do not care. But I do not want Joe Manchin in office, even if it means all of a sudden we only have 49 senators and we can't pass shit. Because we're not passing shit with him. Get him out. Yeah, absolutely. I I really, honestly, I couldn't agree with you more. And so, I think, you know, I see people who have been, you know, the fuck Joe Biden types or the let's go... <clears throat> Brandon. Well, let's go Brandon types. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're complaining about the gas still. Like, oh, it was Joe Biden's fault. It was Joe Biden's fault. Like, this wasn't, it wasn't like this when, when Trump was in office. It's got to be Joe Biden. And then you look at it and you, you say, like, well, hey, don't you think Congress should do something? Well, yeah. Okay. Do you know that some of them tried to to pass a law? That said, no more price gouging because ExxonMobil, Shell, BP all had record profits last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe there should be a windfall tax. Absolutely. Then tell the Republicans that you support to start fucking doing that because the Democrats are trying. Well, and the worst part is it's only going to get worse because now all the, uh, the quarantines in, in China <coughs> are, are gone. You know what I mean? Because that can that can like that that brought the the gas pri- not brought the gas prices down, but it stabilized them because China wasn't using as much gasoline. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like that's a, it. It's only going to get worse. I really think that over the summer that we're going to see six dollars a gallon. Oh, I dude, yeah, I I I think I overestimated, but I had said we'll get to nine, almost ten, but I don't think we'll get that high anymore. Oh God, I hope. Not. But I'll be dry. I'll be walking everywhere, man. I'll be on my bicycle. Trying to fucking grocery shop. I mean, I guess. Walk to work, walk to podcast, walk home. Dude, I could. 
I really enjoyed actually. So last uh, last Wednesday was my my first podcast coming from the the new house or going back to the new house. Mm, and my mm-hmm. drive time was about forty five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's crazy times, Brian. I just don't fucking get it, man. It's just it's so frustrating. And uh, I really tried to remain hopeful, and I really tried not to let myself get so frustrated sometimes. Um, but in situations like this, it's just really hard not to. Um, I guess the key takeaway would be to um, just to remain motivated instead of uh, just talking about, you know, trying to do something. And, you know, the biggest thing that you can do is is pay attention to, you know, your, your, your senator and your congress folks um, and what they're doing. And, you know, take that information when you're, you know, going to the polls next time. Um, and make sure that you're not just letting the same asshole get in. Like how, like, you know, we're picking on Joe Manchin here. I don't give a fuck though. Um, you know, the fact that he still gets voted in time after time is just, you know, it's, it's beyond me. Um, right. And, and, you know, it actually popped up today. I was just trying to pull it up on Facebook. I couldn't find it. You know, they have those memories and stuff or whatever. And I had had a conversation with a former student named Caitlin. She was really frustrated. And then she was mad that she was frustrated with herself and the situation, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, she was going through something with her uh, master's program. And I said, you know, <clears throat> it's okay to feel anger. You know, it's a natural thing. Yeah. But it, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be either a poison or catalyst. If you let it just sit there and you do nothing with it, you just hold on to it, it'll eventually just poison you and you'll fall apart. Or it can be a catalyst and it can, you know, motivate you to make a change. You know, it can motivate you. It can spring you to action. And so when we talk about things like, gun reform in America or basically anything we talk about on the podcast. You know, I, I try and not hold it in as anger and let it just sit and dwell inside my stomach. You know, instead I I do a podcast. I, I talk with you constantly and I hope, you know, I hope that this word that I speak into a microphone carries on enough to hopefully motivate change in others as well. Yeah. And, and so for those of you at home, for all of us, you know, don't let the anger just sit there and bottle up, you know, it does no good. Yeah. Yeah. Use it as a catalyst. Continue to have the conversation. Fuck it. Make the post on Facebook. Have people get pissed off. You want gun reform? Say so. Talk to your your cousins and your aunts and your uncles and your brothers and your sisters who you might disagree with. Talk to anybody. Talk to people at a bar. I do it. Six days a week. Do it safely, of course. Yeah. You know, don't put yourself in a in a in a scary situation by any means. But if you're having a conversation, someone's talking about shit that they don't know, they don't understand, or they're just flat out ignorant too. Have that conversation. Yeah, and, and under, understand them, and give them give them that 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 runway to to discuss their their side of it. But if you have statistics and facts and beliefs, 
and you want to see change, then be the catalyst for the change. Use that anger and frustration and become a catalyst of change. And, and above all, too, when you're having those conversations as well, is so, so long as you remain calm and don't let your emotions get the best of you um, and truly listen to what the other person is saying, you know, there's really no way that that conversation should escalate out of control. You know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a really a peaceful way to do it. There's a right way to do it. Um, and, you know, it only gets easier with practice. I've been practicing for almost two years now. And you get better every day. Mm. I could only wish I could get as good as you. Mm. You're better. You know it. But that's sweet of you to say. <laughs> I needed that. It's been a tough day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back in action. Yes. We're we having the conversation. Um, hopefully you do as well. I, I know there's a lot to talk about. I'm glad we got a little break from... You've all day. I, I know I want to touch on it a little bit more, and we touched on it a little bit today. Um, there's a lot going on in the world, but if you want to see change, you gotta be the change you want to see in the world, and you gotta you gotta become a catalyst. You gotta become active because if you are stagnant, if you are just a standard by like a, a you know person that stands by and does nothing, yeah. You can't expect the world to change for you. I think it was Batman who said, um, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look in the mirror and make some change. <laughs> That's from the Batman Lego movie. Fell flat. I thought No, I thought that was Michael Jackson. It was Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. I was like... The Batman Lego movie, it's uh, Will Arnett plays Batman. Yeah, and yeah. He does a great job. And, like, you know, he does that really deep, <laughs> dark voice. Yeah, but yeah. It's still Will Arnett. Oh, I love Will Arnett. And, um, yeah, no, that didn't fall flat. I was just like, wait, do I correct that this was <laughs> oh Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson It's a was... great line, but, like, I thought you were going to go with, like, you either... Um, die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. I'm like, that's not the message we're I mean, going for. And then you're like, then you're true. quoting man in the mirror by Michael Jackson. I'm like, wait, wait, let me collect my thoughts here. Yeah. If that's the case, I mean, when Bernie Sanders, you know, a couple more years for Bernie Sanders and he's really going to become the villain. Yeah. He's been, he's been most, most politicians, most politicians, it takes far, or far less time than that. <laughs> well, we were going to del- delve into, uh, Ukraine. Um, but I think that's a good place to end it, Brian. I, it I, I do want to do a recap. We'll do a recap on Ukraine here. I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but that's still going on. That's still a thing. Yeah. Um, we'll cover that. We're definitely going to cover the debate between uh, Bernie and uh, Lindsey Graham. Coming up June 13th. It's going to be a blast. I, I, part of me thinks that Lindsey Graham's going to pull out. Well, I hope so. I don't want him to reproduce. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, do good, be great, love you. Love you guys. We the ones that he just let into the back. We the misfits. How you going react? We insomniacs. We ain't get no sleep. Break the rules, can't stay on beat. Making moves, running through the streets. A to Z, follow my lead. Ain't the status quo, this is rock and roll. This is skydive, yelling out, ride them This is bye bye, ta ta, audio. This is all or none, this is all I know. This that I don't know, we try and go. I don't even know, I'm just trying to roll. Me and my friends try and hit the road, try and catch a wave, gotta free my soul. Woo!